Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you, and God bless. about the role of the Holy Spirit and as our advantage partner as believers. We said one of the things we must do as believers is to put on a mindset of advantage. Alright? We're not disadvantageous people. You know, we're not men, women, minority. That's not who we are. We are people in Christ who have an advantage in life. Because of the Holy Spirit in us. So we should not go around thinking about what, what I don't have. Don't go around as a child of God. Talking and thinking about what you don't have. What is missing. Who you are. You know, my skin. And all those things should not be the most prominent thing a believer focuses on. A believer must focus on the advantage he or she has in Christ Jesus. But also we must walk with our partner, which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the reason why we have the advantage. And when we walk, you know, being conscious of the Holy Spirit, cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit, treating the Holy Spirit as a person, not a force, we are able to really take the advantage that he offers to us. Jesus said, it is advantageous for you that I should go. Because when I go, I will send you a partner. I will send you a person who is the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. He's going to show you the will of the Father. Every child of God is entitled to that promise. The promise is not just for pastors. It's not for somebody who has some special thing. No. The promise is for you, is for me as a child of God. You can be led by the Holy Spirit. I want you to turn to your neighbor on the right and say, you can be led by the Holy Spirit. Turn to the left and say, you too can be led. All right. We all can be led by the Holy Spirit. And it's my prayer that we'll begin to submit and surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Father, I invite you today, I just ask, you would take your word and explain it to us in a way only you can. Open our hearts of understanding. Help us to understand. Help us to learn today like the learning. Thank you because you have answered us. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Today I'm going to wrap it up. I just want to tell you three habits uh, practical habits that unleashes the advantage that we have by the Holy Spirit. Three things we must do as a believer. Uh, you can start doing it tonight. As a, as a matter of fact, right after now, there are three things you can do that will really take you to a place where you can begin to take advantage of your position in Christ as a child of God. The first one is the habit of praying in the Holy Spirit. Those of you who are close to me know this is one of my favorites. The habit of praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit is one of the best kept secrets of power in the life of a believer. Praying in the Holy Spirit. And it's, a must, it's very interesting we talked about this uh, during the Bible study. We studied uh, the, the, our Bible reading today is what we studied. And as our brother was teaching, I was like, wow, what a wonderful coincidence by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about our weapon, the weapon that a believer has. First of all, it's not our weapon, it's the weapon of Jesus, right? He says, put on the full armor of God. The armor of God means that armor belongs to God, right? 
The armor of God means that is the armor God uses to fight. Right? And he says God can give us that armor. He has already given it to us in Christ. Don't forget what Christ did was to give us access to our inheritance. Alright? We are like that prodigal son. Except we did not walk away. Amen? Right? Who God gives access into the inheritance. One of those inheritances is the armor of God. And he says we have all these things. Alright? We have the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. You know, we have the God, you know, the, the, the sandals of peace, we have the belt of truth, and, you know, we have the sword of the Spirit. Uh, but he says, the way we unleash this hammer is by praying in the Spirit. All right, if you look at that, he said, take the element of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Holy Spirit. See, praying in the Spirit on all locations, with all kinds of prayer and requests. That is how we unleash it. And it's very important for you as a child of God. It amazes me that so many people who are spirit-filled are not spiritual at all. Alright? So many people spirit-filled. They have the language. They have the prayer language. But they don't. They only use it publicly. They only use it when the prayer is hot in church. Alright? They only just tap. You know, and after that, they forget about it. They even forget that they can even pray in the Spirit. Until they are in the next prayer meeting, when the person leading the prayer meeting is praying. Some people even believe that we only do this when we are kicking the devil. You know, when we are praying and binding, then they pray in tongues, and they shake, and they go. Uh, they forget that this is a personal prayer language that God has given to us. And we should use it. Very, very well, right? Praying in the Spirit, when it is a, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. See, one of the most intimate encounters you're going to have with the Holy Spirit is praying in the Holy Spirit. That's very, very intimate. It's personal. But I like how the Bible puts it, that when you pray, you don't speak to man. You know, in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Anyone who prays in the Spirit does not pray to any man. Alright? I want us to read it together. Let's read it. One, two, go. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They are mysteries like this. He says, look, it's between you and God. And you're speaking deep things mysterious things to God and that is why you must pray in the spirit all right many of us are not taking advantage of the power we have in the holy spirit because we just don't we rarely do which is something we should do regularly first of all praying in the spirit i've said is how you unleash the weapon of your warfare that's how you unleash it. That's how you put it on. That's how you get it ready. That's how you sharpen it. That's how you make it work for you. It, it also unleashes your spiritual antenna. And this is very, very important. It, it just turns it on. You know, you can have an antenna that is not turned on. And that's how most of us are. Alright? We have the spiritual antenna, but it's not turned on. So we can pick up things in the spirit. We can't even know... God is trying to speak, we don't hear, we can't hear, we can't understand. He's trying to warn you, he's trying to speak to you, he's trying to have a conversation, but you've turned on your antenna. You know, it's just, it's just like you have a radio. When your antenna is down, you can't. It doesn't mean the radio station isn't working anymore, right? They're still broadcasting 24-7. But when you turn on your antenna, remember those old radio that we do before the digital radio? Oh, sorry, I'm talking to young folks who never saw. I remember my dad used to have one of those very small, powerful radio. Can pick short wave, you know, you know, and uh, you know, and back there in the remote uh, in Nigeria, he can pick what is going on in France, pick up VOA, Voice of America, you know, pick up BBC radio, you know, and he has an antenna, and sometimes he has to go outside and turn it and move it. And they will pick it up and we start listening to the radio. You know, the same way is always in the spirit. 
you know, it doesn't mean that God is not always having a conversation. He's wanting to have a conversation, but God is in a very different wavelength than we are. Don't forget we are in the flesh, he is in the spirit. There's a big gap between flesh and the spirit. Now, but because we, even though we are in the flesh, we have the ability to connect to the spirit because we have a spirit. Right? Even though we are locked up in this body that is not spiritual at all, right? Uh, But we have a spirit. So because of that, we can be spiritual. So it's not enough to have to be filled with the spirit. You must engage the spirit. So your spiritual antenna, it is is on. And personally, I've experienced this so much, you know, in my life. That when I spend time praying in the spirit, I find myself even, you know, united with him. I find myself, sometimes I pray in the spirit for a long time. And I want to pray in understanding. And I know what I'm praying is the mind of God. You know, I just find myself praying for something that I haven't thought about. This is when I switch to understanding. So it's very important for you to pray in the Spirit as a child of God. Praying in the Spirit unites you with God. It's a direct communication. You are united with God. That's what uh, 1 Corinthians 14 2 says. It's a unison with God. He said you, are, you, are, you, are, you, you cut off human conversation. You're not speaking to people. I mean, that's a high level, right? You're not speaking to people. Now you're speaking to God. You're speaking to God in a mysterious language. So you are uniting yourself. You are becoming one with God. You simply elevate yourself, all right, from the realm of human conversation to the realm of spiritual conversation. You elevate yourself from the realm of just human conversation to godly conversation. You are having a mysterious conversation with God when you are praying in the Spirit. Very, very, very important. Please, I want to encourage you, if you have been gifted, you have been blessed to have the prayer language. It is something you must do regularly. I know so many men of God, you know, who who would share testimony of how they will pray in the Spirit. Uh, I remember one of the... uh, Freddie Price, Casey Price, one of the first people, a person I heard very early on that said he starts his day every day praying in the Holy Spirit for an hour. He begins his day just praying in the Spirit every day for an hour. That's something we all can, can an habit we all can. You know, even if it is half an hour, 15 minutes. And the good thing about praying in the Spirit is you can do it anywhere. I remember I used to drive to work for an hour. And I would go very early. I would leave the house 6 a.m. I used to do a project in Bronx. And that was a very good time for me. I step into my car. I pray in the spirit for the journey. You know, you know, because I can't call anybody. I can't while away the time. I just pray in the spirit. And that was a very, very powerful spiritual moment for me. Because you are in direct communication with God. Praise the name of Jesus. Praying in the spirit gives you access to the heart of the Father. At least I want you to display Romans chapter 8 verse 26. I'm going a little bit ahead, but display Romans chapter 8 verse 26. It should be the next, uh, one of the next Bible verses there. This is talking about prayer, but he's saying that the Spirit helps our, our weaknesses, which is the next point. But he said, we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. I would like to read chapter 27. If it's not there, you can switch it, you know, just switch to the Bible so we can read 8.27. But 8.27 talks about Holy Spirit knows the heart of the Father. You see, we know that, okay, so verse 27 says, He who searches the heart, which is, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. See, when you pray in the Spirit, you have access to the heart of the Father. First of all, one thing about praying in the Spirit is you know you are not praying amiss. See, when you pray in understanding, you can pray amiss. You can waste a good two-hour prayer 
praying something wrong because you're not praying the will of God. How many of us know that? Yeah, you can. How many of us? I mean, sometimes we pray. Even Jesus, our Lord and Savior, spent hours praying something that wasn't the will of God. Three hours. He said, Lord, if this cup can pass over me for this one hour. All right? One hour. If, but that wasn't the will of God. All right? For he was moved by his feelings, right? He was moved by his feelings. You know, he was moved by his fear, feelings, and he spent an hour. I mean, the, the disciples were, they were sleeping. They, they, they started with him, they just couldn't pray. And he went the second hour, praying the same prayer. It wasn't at the end until at the end of the third hour, you know, that something said, you know what, this is not the will of God. And he just changed his prayer form. Amen. How much us, when we are consumed, especially when you are consumed, you know, with worry, with, you know, they are, you are in danger, there is something going on, you are overwhelmed. So most times when we are overwhelmed, our prayer is not the will of God. Usually. You know, our response is usually out of emotion, out of feeling. We are trying to get God to do what He hasn't promised, really. And that's why even in those moments, most times we can't even use the Word of God. We are just crying before God. We are just saying, Lord, why this? Why this? Why are you doing this to me? You know, people spend an hour. The pillow is wet. They are praying. And they say, I've been praying all night. No, you've not been praying all night. You've been crying all night. Hallelujah. Amen. But you know, in those moments, you can connect to the Spirit using your prayer language. Because you are so, you know, overwhelmed, just pray in the Spirit. Alright? That's why David said, man, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The way you get there is in the Spirit. The way as a New Testament believer. The interpretation of that is when your heart is overwhelmed, don't pray with your understanding. Alright? Pray in the Spirit. You have access. Now, in a practical way, the best way to do that is to pray in the Spirit for a while before you pray in understanding. The way it works for me. After praying in the Spirit for an hour, or for a long time, I find myself now entering into the heart of the Father. He downloads what I'm supposed to pray about in, the, in understanding. I am now clearer. Let's say, for example, your boss is tormenting you. All right? And you need to pray for that situation. Now, you may not know the will of God. Should you pray that God should remove your boss? Or should you pray that God should change his heart? God can, you don't know what God wants you to do. But do you know prayer is actually working with God to enforce the will of the Father? That's prayer. Let your will be done here on earth, right? As it is in heaven. That is prayer. That is the Lord's prayer model. Lord. Let your will be done here. Alright? Maybe at your job, maybe at your family. Alright? Let your will be done here as it is in heaven. Because the will of God is done constantly in heaven. Sometimes you don't know what God's will is in this situation. You don't know. You don't know at all. Now, the way to start is praying in the Spirit. I remember when I was a young believer, one of my mentors told me, when you want to pray about your future wife, make sure you pray in the Spirit. That was the best advice I received. Uh, I mean, this is, I must have been maybe 19, 20 years old. No, around 20 years old now. 20, 20. Say, when you want to pray, just don't even pray in understanding. You're going to confuse yourself. You're going to, you know, where do you start from? Just pray in the Spirit. So every once in a while, I would schedule prayer session. Just pray in the Spirit for an hour. Just pray in the Spirit. And, and, but, you know, after a while, when you pray in the Spirit after a while, what tends to happen, if you've done it before, you, things of the Spirit, you are more sensitive to things of the Spirit. You know, there's a feeling it gives you. Because your spirit is so strengthened, it's so heightened, your antenna is so up, you are so in tune, what you pick up from the Father, you are picking the heart of the Father, and you can pray 
the will of God when you pray in understanding. Praise the name of Jesus. That's very, very important for those of us who have the prayer language. If you don't have the prayer language, because of time, we won't be able to do it today. But you can step up after service, actually. Some people will pray for you, uh, you know, so that you, or you too can have the prayer language because it is for everyone. Well, another thing we learned from uh, Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 26, is he, he helps our weaknesses. One of our weaknesses, I think I've just explained it, is that we don't know how to pray as we ought to. We don't. We don't know how to pray. You know, we are clueless. Half of the time we are clueless. We don't know how to pray as we ought to. You know, that's the weakness we have. But the Spirit helps our infirmities. He helps our weaknesses. Ability to pray in the Spirit means I can pray. Even when I don't know what to pray. That's awesome for me. That's awesome. And every believer can be a prayer warrior if you have the prayer language. Praise the name of Jesus. So if all these things are true, true, sorry, why don't we pray in the Spirit? Why most believers, look, 90% of believers, I know that for a fact, don't pray in the Spirit as they are supposed to. I mean, 90, maybe 95% of believers who are baptized in the Holy Spirit don't pray in the Spirit as they ought to. Don't. Because of a few things. Number one, there's a conflict of the wisdom of God and the wisdom of men. It just doesn't make sense. Right? It just doesn't make sense for me to say a language I don't know for half an hour. It's very discouraging. I can do it for five minutes because, you know, especially when the environment is right, is heightened, is charged. Like the worship we had this morning, people were, oh, some people will blast in tongues. But that's the last time we will blast in tongues until next Sunday. That's just it. You know, because, the, you know, there's something about the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is foolishness to men. That's what the scripture says. It's so foolish. Wisdom of God is so foolish. He said, with stammering leaves, I will, I will speak to them. All right? So, God's wisdom Unless you are able to get to a point when you appreciate that God's wisdom is just nothing. God's foolishness is wiser than men. That's what the Bible says. That the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of man. And the weakness of God, if there is such thing, is stronger than the best strength of a man. So, it's because we don't. So, we need to really, even me as a person, what I have devised is, I have I've done a series here called maybe seven or, seven or ten reasons to pray in the Holy Spirit. I have it on my phone. I have it on my So, I have all these verses in my head that I'm praying in, in the Spirit. One thing about praying in the Spirit is, when you are praying in the Spirit, you can still think. Your mind is, you can think on other things. All right? So I think on 1 Corinthians 14.2. I am meditating on that. I am meditating on the fact that I'm not praying to people. I am praying to God. I'm speaking mysteries to God. I am meditating on Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Right? I am talking about, I am speaking mysteries to God. The Holy Spirit is helping my infirmities. I am thinking on Jude chapter 20. Building up yourself in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. So I'm meditating on those verses. I'm encouraging myself to continue to pray in the Spirit. Because usually after 10, 15 minutes, you want to stop. Alright? You feel like this is, what am I even doing here? It looks like I'm wasting my time here. Alright? But you know what I'll tell you? The hardest, the, the, the toughest time is the first 10 or 15 minutes. If you're able to sustain yourself for 15 minutes, I have gone for four hours before. Just, just, just wanting to. The feeling is awesome. You find yourself at a place where you are just almost in the very presence of God because you are having access to God. So it's, it's important for you to really find a way of countering the argument. You know how the Bible says we counter arguments, right? 
one, you know, in the weapon of our, of our warfare in First Corinthians 4, he said we counter, we demolish argument, right? By, by, by God's weapon. So the way you demolish those arguments that is discouraging you, that is telling you what you're doing doesn't make sense, is to focus on the scriptures that encourages you about praying and swearing. Praise the name of Jesus. Another reason why we don't do it is it takes discipline. And most of us are lazy when it comes to things of the Spirit. But it takes discipline to pray in the Spirit. It takes discipline. It takes you to say, I am going to pray in the Spirit for the next hour. Alright? So you have to tell yourself, Jide Lowry, you are praying in the Spirit for the next hour. Lock your door and say, you are not going out of this door. You are praying in the Spirit. It takes discipline. Spiritual, you know, Bible says, it's spiritual exercise. Alright? And any form of exercise, even physical exercise, takes discipline. Right? It takes discipline. So, because it takes, it doesn't happen naturally. And sometimes we are so deceived, we think if something is spiritual, it ought to be easy. It ought to happen naturally. The Spirit just has to jump on me and make me do it. If God really wants me to do it. God is not going to make you do it. Alright? You do it because you are disciplined. You choose to do it. Praise the name of Jesus. So praying in the Spirit requires discipline. The third thing is the enemy fights praying in the Spirit. The enemy fights it. He knows. He knows you're speaking mysteries to God. Uh, He knows you're doing something that is powerful. Now, he also knows that he cannot undercut your prayer. So the enemy knew what Daniel was praying for, right? So he went and undercut the prayer. He went. Now, when you're speaking mysteries to God, he's confused. He doesn't even know what you're talking about. He doesn't even know what you're talking about. God can be using you to intercede for somebody. He can be using you to pray for the church. He can be using you to pray for yourself, to pray for us. But God is using you because the Holy Spirit is the greatest prayer warrior. So when you're praying in the Spirit, you're praying to God directly. It's a direct line of communication. Every other person is shut out. And that's, that's powerful. So the enemy is going to resist that. The enemy is going to really walk however he can walk to make sure people of God are discouraged from praying in the Holy Spirit. I hope you will change that today and begin to pray in the Spirit. I want you to turn to your neighbor. Pray in the Spirit. On all occasions. With all kinds of prayers and requests. Amen. The next habit we must have is praying the Word of God. Praying the Word of God. Even when you pray in understanding, pray the Word. Pray the Word. Most of what we pray is just feelings. And God does not respond to feelings. God responds to faith. And faith is based in the Word of God. And that's, that's so important. What I'm sharing with you is so important. You know, when we start, I still do it to a great extent. When we started our church, I used to write all the prayer points. Because I have come, the, God, the Lord has shown me that majority of the prayer that we pray in churches are responses to our emotions. How we feel. How we feel about a situation. How we feel about, you know, how we feel. I remember when I was a young believer and uh, I was still in Nigeria and there was a very, was it, was it tenuous? It was a, there was a time of tension. I think there was a military takeover. It was another one. It was crazy. Everybody was afraid. You know, so I went to a, 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 along with a few friends of mine, we met with a spiritual mentor. And we were so fired up. And we said, Brother Eugene, we need to pray. The country is about to go crazy. We need to pray right now. And he said, so what are we going to pray about? We didn't know. That was, that was a very powerful moment. He said, what are we going to pray about? So what's the prayer point? 
We just have to pray for our country. We just have to pray. And he said, look, this time is the time we need to pray in the Spirit. We don't even know how to pray. So let's go and pray in the Spirit. Maybe when we pray in the Spirit, the Lord gives us some, some of, we are able to pick up some of what he's, 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 he's thinking about. You know, God has thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts, right? Isn't that what he told us? He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. And he said, my thoughts are higher. Usually the way you're thinking is different from what I'm thinking. The goal is for us to pick up his thoughts. But we don't pick up his thoughts because we're in the flesh. But when we pray the word, the word of God is one of the things we know. At least we're sure. All right? We're sure when we pray the word. And that's why I will write prayer point. I will make sure it's based on the word. Based on the word of God. Based on the word of God. Uh, Even in our prayer ministry. All right? So, but over time I see that even sometimes now we're just responding. You know, some of the prayer leaders are just prayer. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for our church. Let's pray for our choir. Let's just pray that, they, you know, what, what word is he based upon? Is there a promise? Is there something that God has said? Because really, prayer is enforcing the will of God. It's not enforcing any other thing apart from the will of God. Prayer is not an exercise to just feel good about ourselves. It's not shouting. It is joining God to do his work on us. And unless we know his will, prayer is not useful. Praise the name of Jesus. So let's start by praying the word. Jesus said, a man shall not live by bread alone. Right? But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So our prayer life must be based on the word of God. Uh, Praying the word simply means just taking scripture and using it to pray. The best, way to, best place to start is there are some prayer points called Pauline or Pauline prayer. Current Pauline prayer. These are prayers that the Holy Spirit already revealed. And I found out, personally, most of what we need to pray for have been captured in this prayer. Most of what we need to pray for. They boil down to key things. For example, in Ephesians 1, he talks about uh, praying for spirit of wisdom and revelation in God's knowledge. All right? He's praying for us knowing the, knowing the heart of the, of the Father. You know, so we know what is his heart, what is the riches of his inheritance to be saved, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he went on and on. That prayer captures almost any other thing you can talk about. Just knowing your inheritance in Christ, having access to the power that you have in Christ, knowing the hope of your calling. Usually when we don't know, when we don't, when, when we don't have all those things, is when we have issues. So sometimes we focus on a lot of things that are not the main thing. In Ephesians chapter 3, he's asking, he's praying, you know, that we know the love of God. That we know the length, the height, the breadth, the width, of, and to know the love of God that passes understanding. So that you can be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, those prayers are what a believer should pray. I mean, they're, they're already there. Just go there and make it your prayer. They are Holy Spirit-inspired prayers. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, for example, is talking about, say, God, I pray that God will fill you with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you can walk worthy of the Lord. I mean, it, it, just, it captures the essence of life. A lot of our Unspoken desires are already captured in those prayers. And when we are praying those prayers, we are praying the will of God. Praise the name of Jesus. So, praying the word is very, very important when we are praying. But there are a lot of other scriptures 
that are revealed. For example, Psalm 23 can be converted to prayer. Somebody can say, thank you, Lord, for being my shepherd. Thank you for making me lie down in green pastures. Thank you for leading me beside quiet water. Thank you for restoring my soul. Thank you for guiding me in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. I mean, that's it. That's the prayer. That's the worship. That's the prayer of thanksgiving. You begin like that. You're not just trying to make up your words. See, don't make up your words when you pray. Just use his words. Because at the end of the day, the Bible is the revealed mind of God. Right? That's what, that is God's mind. All scriptures written by the inspiration of God. They are profitable for us. The, the word of God profits us. And when we pray them, we are praying God's mind. We are unleashing the advantage that we have as believers. The third thing I'm going to talk about, I don't have a lot of time, is the habit when we combine these two things with fasting. Fasting is one of the lost arts, spiritual arts. It's lost, but it's powerful. Many of us, we don't fast. And we're missing out a lot. And I'm talking to you as somebody that doesn't like fasting, personally. I don't like fasting. I don't. I, I, you know, I don't. But when you understand it, when you understand what it means, you will fast, even if you don't like it. There are so many things you do you don't like. But because you understand their benefits, you do them, right? And after a while, maybe you can even go to like such things. It doesn't work with fasting, but I still do it anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Fasting is subduing your flesh. And more importantly, submitting yourself to the Holy Spirit. And when you fast, you are more in tune. When you, so, look at it. When you combine fasting with praying the Spirit, it's double whammy. You subdue your flesh and you heighten the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. Did you get that now? So, it's like you, you're combining two powerful things together. And, that's, and that puts you at a great advantage. I want you to practice this. Your life will be different. Many of us, you're in crisis. You're always confused. You don't know what to do. You're always down. You're always depressed. Because you don't fast. You don't pray in the spirit. You don't pray the word. Why will you not be living such a life? I mean, that is the fast. And it doesn't matter what we do for you. It doesn't matter how many Zozo events you attend. It doesn't matter how many retreats you go. If you go home, come back home, you still live your life the way you live it. Personally, you don't fast, you don't pray in the spirit, you don't pray the word, you're still going to be in your mess. And messes don't go with time. Mess and time, you can be in mess for 80 years. And you just go out of life in mess. That would not be your person in Jesus' name. I mean, if you can be. I mean, but... You have an advantage as a child of God. I'm telling you this. You have an advantage. You don't have to live your life like just any other person who don't know Christ. You don't have to. You don't have to just live your life so ordinarily without anything significant to show. You don't have to live your life without power, succumbing to all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of issues going on in your life, succumbing to... You know, vices, every, I mean, unbelievers go through all these, you know, jargons, drug issues, uh, whatever issue, pornography issue, all these issues that rob people of good life, rob them of their family. Craziness going on in the world doesn't have to be our portion. But you know, the Bible says, my people perish because they lack knowledge. Just being God's people does not exempt you from perishing. It's not saying they are perishing because they are not my people, right? My people perish. Isn't, isn't that weird? 
my own people perish. My people that I bought, that I paid for, that I redeemed, that I rescued, that I paid everything for, perish. Because they lack knowledge. And he said, because you have rejected knowledge. They reject knowledge. It's not even for lack of the knowledge not being there. They just say, you know what, we're just going to live our life. All this fasting they talk about is for spiritual people. I'm not, I'm not this spiritual. What, is, what are you even talking about? So you love your life the way you have it. Up and down, moody today, moody tomorrow, this, that. Here, fighting people, there's no peace, no joy, down, crying, there's crises all over. You love that? Keep that. <laughs> Reject knowledge and keep that. Embrace God's word. Live a victorious life. It's not difficult. It's not. It's not. It's not simple. Some people think, oh, I'm not going to be praying for one. I'm not. I, I want to be praying for one hour, and I don't want to be a pastor. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't pray to be a pastor. I just pray to be a person. Because I want to take advantage of the life God has given to me. See, becoming a pastor was just a byproduct of that. Just, it happened organically. It happened naturally. And that's why I'm normal. That's why I don't go around with all this pastoral stuff. They don't mean, they don't mean much. I hardly introduce myself to people as pastor this, pastor that. All those these, that. Because it never started like that. It started by me just wanting to be the best, take advantage of what God has. So, this just as a result of that. So, be a spiritual person for yourself. Be a spiritual person for yourself. You are going to be spared of so many heartaches, so many headaches, so many things the enemy is just going to be throwing at people, so many confusion. Husband, husband and wife can't get along, you know, at each other's throats, families in turmoil. I mean, all those things, they are not necessary. When you're spiritual, the Holy Spirit is there, those things will not happen in your family. You need that. You need that. So, fast. Fast. You're starting another one tomorrow. You subdue your flesh. You pick up things. You know, you, 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 you're better off. In fact, it's now in the last few years, maybe 10 years, there is now so many health benefits of fasting. It's, it's crazy if you go online. You don't even know fasting has anything to do with Christian anymore now. I mean, I try to Google fasting. The first page is about health benefits of fast. Your skin becomes more toned. You have like, wow. Where were all these information? Fifteen years ago when they were teaching us about fasting. It would have been more interesting. Alright. So, fasting is actually good for you. It comes back aging. You know, aging people who are aging, you don't age much when you fast. You, you know, your skin is more is better when you fast. It cleanses your body. It makes you dizzy. Go on and on and on. You're like, wow. I'm telling you this as someone, you know, the worst thing about fasting for me is breaking the fast. Because breaking the fast, you can't eat much. And I've been anticipating to eat. <laughs> Especially when I go on those maybe continuous fast for three days. You can't eat unless you hurt yourself, right? You, you hurt yourself. So you got to eat some soup the first day. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> then you wait another four hours, eat a little salad. <laughs> Ah, when am I going to get? And everybody's eating around you. You're like, wow. Wait. Some people are better. Some of these people are actually better at fasting. They do a better job than I do. Sometimes I'm like, I'm stopping them. No, no, let's do it. Let's, let's. This is going a little more. So, but fasting is about something that is very, very critical. 
is about hunger for God, outweighing hunger for food. It's about demonstrating that. You are making a very clear statement when you fast, especially when you fast correctly. You're saying hunger for God is more important than hunger for food. And that's powerful. That's a powerful statement. And that's why that thinking alone helps you to overcome in a lot of other areas. That's why it transfers to many things. The very spiritual truth that you are just yeah, you, are, you are just honing on. Uh, I love God more than I love food. Especially if you love food well. I say it's a powerful statement. I love God more than I love this beautiful steak. But I love God. So I'm going to not eat this. And instead, pursue God. Fasting is not if, it's when for believers. This is a when you fast. Alright, in Matthew 6.16. When you fast. Fasting unleashes the power of God. Jesus told the disciples, this kind can't go away except by fasting and prayer. Told them, look, you can't do some things unless there are some demons you can't confront. Unless you fasted. Because you are fighting them in the flesh. That's just what he's saying. It's not because of anything. But you can't confront spirits with flesh. You need to dampen your flesh. And heighten your spirit. I want us to rise up and pray. We're out of time. Let's just lift up our hands and pray in the spirit. For a little while. Thank you, Jesus. We can pray in the spirit. Just pray. Can we have somebody on the keyboard? Just uh, just. Just pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we are here for you. Lord, we thank you. We need you. Father, we want to key into the advantage that we have in Christ Jesus. If you have the benefit, if you have the blessing, put your hands on your stomach and pray in the spirit. Just put your hands here and say, my hand in it. Mali henka han so hondo koria ndalaba. Ma proto so honderia la hande kafusa hande rerere. Rehenderia la hanka angala boso konto zo prokataza. Ma hando roboso hondo keria hampro sa hande lebosa hande. Vrerere boso prolori. Don't forget you are not speaking to the person next to you. You are speaking to your father. You are having a direct communication with your father in heaven. You are speaking mystery. You are bypassing the demons. You are bypassing the devil. You are bypassing people. You are speaking mysteries to your father. You are bringing confusion to the camp of the enemy. Maria Ndeka Amosokotoria. Maria Nderebo Soprokotosoprotosotoria. Maria Ndahanda Anke Enkre Kandela Hangolobosa. Marua sehembro tosotoria, Maria de keboso tororororororororo, Shandelelelebobo, Landeria darababa kura senderia, Vrenda lu pusen keteria ndalia hankaria mbuche keteria, Maraboso mrelelelelelelelebosa handa la 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 ba, Maria delelelebobobo. If you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, ask Him to fill you. Ask him, ask him. The Lord, give me that language. Give me that powerful language. Language of the Spirit. Lord, I'm asking you right now to just move over here. Please, Lord, fill everyone here with your Holy Spirit. Give everyone a, a prayer language. Maliande kababa Membroto so hondo kori candeli cambo so brodoro pose. Melindeliamo candeli candele boso prerebosa handa la baba. Marian de le boso prodoro basanda la baba baba. Yembo se hendele boso protoso. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the advantage that we have. We are not meant to live life just like ordinary persons. 
subjected to all the whims and caprices of the enemy. We are not meant to live life subjected to the things unbelievers are subjected to. We have an advantage. We have an advantage. We have a partner in the Holy Spirit. And we can assess God's power, God's grace, God's wisdom by connection to the Spirit, by praying the language of the Spirit, by praying the Word, and by fasting. We choose the discipline of fasting. We choose the discipline of praying in the Holy Spirit. We choose the discipline of praying the Word. In the name of Jesus, I come against every plan of the enemy to stop anyone here. You are going to march forward. You are going to be all that God has called you to be. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Father, I prophesy over everyone here. You will live your full life. You will live with your divine advantage. The enemy will no longer take advantage of you. You will no longer be subjected to the deception of the enemy. You will no longer be subjected to the oppression of the enemy. I break every hold of the spirit of oppression over your life right now. I declare you are free in the name of Jesus. Free to soar. Free to rejoice. Free to live a full life. The kind of life that God has designed you for you to live. In the name of Jesus. You are no longer subjected to oppression, depression. In the name of Jesus. I release the power of God over your life. Right now, in the name of Jesus. I command... In the name of Jesus. I command, live a full life in the name of Jesus. I command, run in the name of Jesus. I command, soar in the name of Jesus. Walk in destiny. Walk in purpose. In the name of Jesus. Nothing can stop you anymore. Nothing can hinder you anymore. In your race of life, you will succeed. You will not stumble. You will not fall. In the name of Jesus, you will take every advantage that God has given to you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Can we give him all glory and give him all honor? Let's give him praise. Let's keep standing.